0: Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you.
1: Right. Okay, the parable then of the talents. Um, Rather than reading it through, we've got a little little film clip, uh, which enacts out um, for you this story. Thank you, Billy.
0: There once was a wealthy and successful businessman who was planning to take a long holiday from work. He called his workers into his office so he could hand over the business to them while he was away. He had looked at each of their track records and based on how well they worked, he gave them each some gold to look after. He gave one of his workers five big bags of gold. To another, he gave two bags. And to the third, he gave one bag. The first worker thought to himself, You've got to spend money to make money. And straight away he took his boss's money and invested it in the stock market. Buying and selling and selling and buying and before long he had doubled what he had been given. The second worker did the same thing. He took his boss's money and invested it in the stock market. Buying and selling and selling and buying and before long he had doubled what he had been given too. The worker who was given one bag of gold had a different plan. He dug a big hole and buried his boss's money. After a long time, the boss came back from holiday with his Hawaiian shirt and a cracking tan. He called them to his office to see how they had got on while he had been away. The first worker went into the office and said,
2: Boss, you gave me five bags of gold and I've managed to double it. You now have ten bags of gold. Great job. You deserve a promotion. I'm putting you in charge of international distribution.
0: The second worker went into the office and he
2: said, Boss, you gave me two bags of gold and I've doubled it and now I have four bags of gold for you. Once again, the boss was pleased and replied, Great job. You deserve a promotion. I'm putting you in charge of UK distribution. Finally,
0: the third worker went into the office.
2: Boss, you gave me one bag of gold, and no offense, but I knew you were a bit of a slave driver and that, so I was like, you know, you're a little bit Lord Sugar, wrong side of the bed kind of guy. And I was like, let's face it, you're pretty scary. So I thought, what should I do with my one bag of gold? And then it hit me, I should dig a big hole. Put the bag of gold in there, and then put the soil on top of it, and wait for you to get back. Huh? Good idea, right? So there you go, one bag of gold. You can count it if you like, it's all there. His boss was furious. You lazy dog, you absolute waste of space. You thought I was a little bit Lord Sugar, did you? Well, if that's the case, why didn't you at least put it in the bank to build up interest? You know what you get with nothing? nothing. Take his bag and give it to the worker who has 10 bags. You know what, I haven't got time for this. I don't even want to look at you anymore. Get out of my sight. You're fired.
1: So there we go. The little, a nice little interpretation there. So for the Bible version, we need to look in Matthew 25, 14 to 30. So we can have that up, Billy. That would be fantastic. So that's, that's the, the, uh, the more technically accurate version. But I do love that one. I think it's fantastic. Jesus' parable of the talents has... Um, there are all different ways of looking at it, but this is my interpretation. So as, um, as anyone who's at the front will always say, by all means, go away dwell on it, pray on it, read it again and again yourselves, this is how this is how I see it. So the, um, the the man who went off, I love it, an extended trip, um, he called his servants together and delegated responsibilities. It's really important, he delegated responsibilities to one was 5,000, we've got the version here, dollars, 2,000, and then to the third, 1,000. And actually, the talents um, at that time, financially did work out to basically $1,000 or £1,000 so that kind of gives you, gives you an idea of how much that, that they were given. But what I want to think of us, how I want us to think of it, is either that the, the, the talents were either treasure, you know, money, time, or actual talents, gifts, things that you can do. So try and think of it in terms of time, treasure, or talents. And in the story, in the parable that Jesus told, the, the master for us is God, and we are the servants. But what's really interesting is the fact that those, that money, those talents, those gifts, however you want to look at it, they were delegated out by the master to the servants. They didn't own it He hadn't actually given them to keep that money. He'd delegated to them to be responsible for it, and at some point, they are going to be held accountable and need to give it back. I think it's really interesting, the fact that a different amount was given to different servants. And for me, because it says at one point, based on their abilities, depending on their abilities... It's actually God looking at us and saying, you at this time, you're ready for this much. You at this time, you're ready for that much, and you, you're ready for this. If I think about me as a head teacher at school, and I go off for extended periods of time, I'm sure it feels like that for my staff, when I go and work at other schools. If I said to one of my newly qualified teachers, I'm giving you this much responsibility, and I'm giving exactly the same amount to this person on the senior leadership team. That wouldn't, that wouldn't make sense, would it? We're given an amount in accordance to where we are at that time with what God wants us to do and where we're going it's because we're going to grow over time. And over time, we can be given the 2,000, the 5,000. But at that time, God looked, or the master looked to the servants and thought, wait, for what you need and where you are, what you're capable of doing at the moment, I'm going to give you that much. I think that's really important. I'll come back to that in a moment. That's why they didn't all get the same amount. I think the first servant is the one who's most on it. I think it's the first servant who's most in tune with his master. It's the first servant who's most confident and and understands what it is that is needed. And I think that being in tune is really key. He got what was expected of him and was confident in his role. But you know, it's the third servant that I want us to look at now. The third servant. I think he's the one who's most interesting to look at in a 10-minute slot. I think for that first... Sorry, for the third servant, there were certain things in their mind, potentially, that caused them to simply bury their talent, their time, their treasure, their talents, in the ground. At that time, Bible times, actually that was quite a normal thing to do, to protect your money from robbers, to bury it in the ground. So for the people there listening to Jesus, they wouldn't have thought, bury it in the ground. They would have just seen it as that's the standard practice of how to just hide something away, keep it safe, and not change. But I was thinking about this servant, and for me, I think there are three reasons why potentially nothing happened. Number one, I'm going to put it out there, potential laziness. Potential laziness. If we have got God-given talents, time, treasure, and we just can't be bothered to use them, nothing happens in terms of building the kingdom. Nothing will happen. Burying a talent, not doing anything, might not take long. But in terms of how it makes us feel, it's really quite negative. I want you to imagine times when actually you've put off doing things that you know that actually you are good at and that would benefit the kingdom, benefit people here in church, benefit your neighbours, and you've put it off, you've ignored it, you've decided not to do it. It makes you feel, actually pretty lousy, doesn't it? The effort that goes into not doing something is actually often, I think, worse than the getting on and doing it. Shall I move that out, John? He tells me I, I, I'm too animated, and I keep bashing, I'm bashing the microphone. I want to tell you a story. And um, My Hiltingbury team at the back would have heard this story before because I've told it in an assembly, but I love it. There were two friends. Uh, one was called Mark and one was called Adam. And they, they, they were at school together. They grew up from, very, very, um, from a very, very young age all the way through and were really, really good friends. Mark loved to build. Mark had a a natural aptitude for building. When he was at school, he wanted to have building blocks. He was the one who always got the Lego out. That is what he wanted to do. Mark had an innate sense of building, and the more he did it, the better he got. So he was given that seed of a talent, but because he kept working at it, he got better and better and better. However, his friend Adam wasn't a builder, and he wasn't interested in building and Lego. He was interested in numbers and figures and then actually, as he got older, money and working out how to, how to, basically how to run businesses, how to work out how to make money and how to move things around. The two, the two boys, as they got older, they carried on being friends, one becoming a better and better builder and one becoming more and more gifted in terms of managing business. And one day, Adam said to his friend Mark, do you know what, I think we should go into business together. Actually, well, well, maybe not quite together, but I'll run the business, and you come and work for me. And actually, you can build houses. You're amazing. You build houses. I will set up the business, and then I can sell the houses, etc. cetera, and obviously I'll pay you, and then you do the building. So Mark thought, oh, OK, well, I love building. This is a really good idea. So they started off, and their talents both grew which is fantastic. Their talents both grew, and the houses became more complex and more impressive. Um, Adam was, uh, was making more and more money from the business, and, and Mark was getting, getting paid. After a while, Mark started to think, well, hold on a minute. My car isn't quite as great as Adam's car, and I'm in a smaller house, and my holidays aren't quite up to the standard of Adam's. But, you know, I think, I think I've had enough of this. And suddenly, he just, his heart wasn't in it anymore. So although he had this talent, it, it, just, it had just fallen away, really. So Adam said to him, right, okay, another house. And Mark said, do you know, I, I just don't want to do it anymore. And Adam said, just build me one last house. Use your talents, just one last house, and then we'll finish. He said, this is going to be the biggest and best house that we have ever created. So Mark was like, oh, really? Really? Okay." So, everything that Adam asked him to do, he just took shortcuts, basically. It was a big house. Do you know what? He couldn't be bothered to dig the foundations as deep as they should be. That would do. When he said gold taps, he just got, like, gold effect plated taps. When he said marble in the bathrooms... He just got like posh-looking laminate. It really was a hodgepodge house. He, he's kind of, he couldn't be bothered with the insulation in the roof. It just, he just got it up. But he got it up and he got it finished. And he just thought, you know what, I've had enough now. This is me all done. On the day that he finished the house, Adam arrived. And Mark said, well, it's all done. He said, here you go, it's all done. And he gave the keys to the house to Adam. So there you go. He said, it's ready to sell. And Adam took the keys and put them back in Mark's hand. He said, it's for you. He said, the house is for you. He said, it's my thank you, he said, for all the work that you have done and all the talent that you have grown in yourself. You've now been able to build the best house possible. Oh, what an awful way, what an awful way to end to end your time as Mark. His talents had grown, he had, he'd he had talent, he'd fostered them, he'd developed them, and then he just got lazy, and he, he didn't want to do it. So I think laziness is one thing that we need to be aware of, and our, our servant here potentially was just lazy. I think also for some of us, with our talents, our time, our treasure, our talents, is that we don't do what we should be doing and what God's really put on our heart or called us to do because of fear from comparison. I think we too often compare ourselves to other people. Theodore Roosevelt, apparently it was Theodore Roosevelt, said, comparison is the thief of joy. Perhaps we've got talents, skills, we've got things that that, that we should be doing or could be doing, and we look at other people and we say, well, they're better at it than us. I don't think I'll give that a go. I'll, I'll just stay where I am and, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I won't do it. Perhaps that third servant looked at servant number one and number two and thought, well, they're going to be fine. They're, oh, they're going to just make money. And it's, you know, actually, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to risk it. So I think fear from comparison. Is that the case? We've got to accept somebody is always going to be faster, stronger, richer, a better cook. In my case, have better spatial awareness than me. Did Usain Bolt, when he you know, or did other runners stop running because Usain Bolt was running all those years? Did they think, well, actually, he's always going to be faster than me. There's no point in turning up to the race. We've got to keep going and keep being involved and using the talents that God's given us. We're going back to school on Monday. Woohoo! I'm very excited. I am actually genuinely excited about going back to school. We've got a new academic year. We've got Hannah going off to Hawaii. Fantastic. You know, we saw we sent Alice off the other week to America. We're going into new opportunities to learn. It's that sort of that new year. How many of us have got talents, gifts that we feel God has placed on our hearts but we've been too scared to give it a go? because somebody else is going to be better than us. Perhaps at school there's an audition and we think, I'm not going to go for the audition because they're bound to get it over there. I'm not going to try for the football team because those people will be the ones who are bound to get in it. What are the things that we feel that we could do if we were brave enough? Never think we're too small. This is another great quote. I have got some Bible references as well, but I love this quote. This is Anita Roddick from The Body Shop. And she says, if you think you're too small to make a difference, you've never been to bed with a mosquito. (laughs) Isn't that fantastic? I thought that was a really great quote. So if anyone is sat there either feeling that they're small in age or their talent is small in size, think about that. It, 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 It can be done. So let's go back to this third servant then. Did he bury his treasure because he had talent, time, treasure, talent, and actually he was just lazy and couldn't be bothered? Did he not do anything because it was fear of comparison and being afraid that actually somebody's always better than me, so perhaps I shouldn't do it? Or, number three, is it fear of failure? fear of failure, and I've saved that one till last, that was my number three. I wrote it down first, and I saved it to the end. Did that servant bury the treasure for fear of failure? Was it fear of displeasing the master? Displeasing the master. In that scenario, it's the boss at work. But when you think about it as a parable, and the master is God, I don't think any of us really feel that God is going to come and punish us if we've had a good go at something and done our best. Really. I think we've got to really, really challenge ourselves and challenge each other on that, that actually displeasing God if we give our best crack at something and try and use the talent, skills that we've got, I think that's good enough. Think about what we say to children on earth, in our families, in schools. We always say to them, just do your best and I'll be pleased with that. And we've got to get that into our head as children of God, of the servant, of the master, fear of displeasing the master. Perhaps fear of losing what's been given to us. That's a really interesting one. I'm not saying it was a God-given talent, but I used to be able to speak French pretty well, and then I stopped speaking French. I finished my GCSEs, I didn't go to France, and that was it. Do I speak French as well as I used to? No, I don't. So burying the talent actually does... That, that is the thing that causes us to lose something rather than it being kept safe. Perhaps the fear of failure and making a fool of ourselves in front of other people. How much safer would it be to not try anything? Let me tell you, every time I, ca- I come up here, I am afraid. Every Sunday morning, when I'm going to be speaking, the butterflies are going, and I, if someone said to me, do you know what, I'll go up there, Sam, and do it instead, I'd say, that'd be great, thank you, here are the notes. Fear of failure, fear of making a fool of ourselves, fear of being compared to somebody else. Fear really is the enemy of success. But you know what, I love this, and this is, this is a, from the Bible now, not a, not a dead president of America. 1 Peter 4, verse 10. I love this. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received, that you've been given, that you have received, to serve others as faithful stewards of of God's grace in its various forms. I love that. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. I think we've all been given gifts over the years that we've been we've been nervous about. You know those um remember those tins where you take the lid off and something you know used to jump out. These gifts are from God. They're going to be good. gifts gifts. They're going to be good gifts. I know that sometimes we're given gifts that we don't particularly like at Christmas, another pair of socks, whatever it is, but just a little bit of empathy. Imagine you're the giver. Imagine you have actually given somebody something amazing that's either in its potential form or it's ready to go, something that's going to bless them and bless people around them and bless God, and they say, thank you very much, they put it under the bed and then they leave it how hurt would you be as the giver and how frustrated would you be perhaps you've seen your children at times have, have you've given them things that was that was going to lead them to great places and they've just put it to one side try and think for, from god's point of view he's he's here with us and he's saying those gifts and talents that i've given you Use them. Trust me. Trust me. Imagine if Eric Liddell had decided not to run just in case he didn't win his his race. Imagine Billy Kennedy decided not to get up on a platform and speak because he might get it wrong and the the, the wrong words might come out of of his mouth. Feel the fear, as they say, and do it anyway. So what are the consequences for that third servant? What would be the consequences for us if we've got talents, time and treasure that we don't use? Number one, I would say lose what you've been given. Going back to my French, you start to lose what it is. That that passion, that heart, that vision, those skills, what your fingers do on the piano, whatever it is, you start to lose it. Use it or lose it. Think what it is that you feel that you probably should be doing right now. If you don't do it, you're going to lose it. He missed out, the third servant, on gaining more. Remember the first and the second servant got reward and they got promotion. I'm not talking about promotion up the career ladder for us. I'm talking about reward and promotion in terms of that sense of well-being and peacefulness of knowing that we are in tune with what God wants us to do. And then finally, for the third servant, obviously the master there, the boss, threw him out. It's this idea of being in a future of everlasting darkness. That's what it says, and that's a good one to talk about in Connect Group. Future of everlasting darkness. And for me, I just see that as the opposite of being in a rewarding life. If I'm not doing what, what really God's put on my heart and on my life to do, I'm just going to be at odds with him all the time, I, and, just, and I'm just not going to be peaceful. We want to avoid that. We really want to avoid that. So if we take those time, talents, and treasures, and we use them for what God wants us to do, goodness me, the sky is the limit. The sky is the limit. I'm going to get us to pray to finish but I can do something a little bit different, all right, as it's the last summer Sunday. Some of us are going back to school, college, university, back to work after the break, back just to routines. It's that new se- September start. I want us, thinking about 1 Peter 4, verse 10, of each using whatever gift you have received to serve others, I want you to think about where you are with time, treasure, and talents. Okay? Time, treasure, and talents. I want to encourage you with time. I'm just going to say this very quickly. We've got lovely neighbours, and I don't see enough of them. So this week, I popped a jar of jam around to one of our neighbours. She's a very short Italian lady. She's just lovely. Um, hasn't got her family there, and I had a bit of a chat with her. Do you know what? Two days later, she arrives with lasagna she'd made for us yes at the same time the neighbors across the road came back from their allotment and bought us veg to go with it they all literally arrived at the same time and I thought you know what I just took a jar of jam and had half an hour so just that was that was a real encouragement to me in terms of doing what God had just put on my heart while we're away Jill your neighbor so a jar of jam later and there we were so this is what I want you to do want you to think now at the moment are you somebody who's not going for it with your time treasure and talents because you've got a fear of failing either you're not doing it at all or you're only doing it half-heartedly because you've got a fear of failure if that's you in a minute I want you to come down here all right and I'm, the bonds are going to be in this corner, and you can pray with each other. You can pray with Trevor and Elaine. You can just stand there for a couple of minutes until the worship song. It's not going to go on for hours, it's for a few minutes. But it's a physical act. Do you know what? That's me. I've got a time, treasure, and talent, and I'm fearful of failing in it. Back corner towards John, okay? And Dick and Mandy can be over there for me. I'm not saying you're lazy. <laughs> But if you're lacking in motivation at the moment and you've got a time, treasure, talent, things, you know God wants you to be in this new season, this September season, but you know what, you're just lacking a bit of motivation. That's an that's a, that's a, you know, honest one. That's that corner over there. The Kirklands are going to be at the back over there. okay? And that's that one. If you're constantly nervous about going for it with your TT on T, because you're comparing yourself to others... I'm feeling inadequate, and you're restricting what you're doing because you're not—you're just comparing yourself to others. So we've got you're worried you're going to get it wrong. You need a re-motivation over there. You know what it is you should be doing, but you want need someone to pray for you and get you going again. Over there, because actually you're comparing yourself to others, and down here with Simon and myself, it's because actually you're not really sure what your talent is, <laughs> and you're thinking, do you know what, I want someone to pray for me, or perhaps you want a new one. Perhaps you're saying, do you know what, God, I'm ready for something new. Can, you, can someone pray for me for a new talent? If you don't fit in any of those four, I want you to get up and move anyway, because I want you to get up and go to one of those corners to pray with somebody who actually is feeling that perhaps that was you at one point and you can go and offer prayer and we will literally be there for a few minutes and then the band will be back and they're gonna they're gonna pray all right fear of failing with your talent need some re-motivation too busy comparing yourself and you want a new talent or you're not quite sure what your talent is come on down okay it's a new season let's get excited and let's let the kingdom grow with our talents thank you
0: for more information about freedom church please go to www.freedomchurch.uk
1: thank you for listening